You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Getting through the summer here, a lot of things going on in the Kentucky basketball sphere. Going to talk about a few things today, specifically on the recruiting trail. Where Kentucky stands with Aaron Bradshaw, going to discuss that in a minute. Also going to talk about the NBA draft, shade and sharp stock. It's rising a little bit, uh, which is interesting to me. CJ Frederick, going to talk about him. And then finally, I know that we've been discussing recently, and it's been out there in the news about the SEC and scheduling uh, changes with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference, and a lot of people are focusing in on the football side of things. I'm going to talk about what the basketball schedule is going to look like because they actually, whenever they had the meetings in Destin, they actually announced a new format uh, for the basketball scheduling. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But to kick it off here, Kentucky prospect Aaron Bradshaw. I want to talk about where the Wildcats stand with him. First thing I want to note here is it's really, really important. Really, really important, I think, for the morale of the program, for you know, just the confidence within the fan base. I think it's crucial for the Wildcats to have a very good recruiting cycle this upcoming, well, recruiting cycle. The 2023 recruiting class has to be solid. John Calipari's got to find a way to pick up some recruits, uh, specifically of the five-star variety. They've got to be able to go out there and get some wins, especially with the way that Duke's been recruiting. you got to be able to go out there and punch back a little bit. Second thing I want to note here, on top of that, I think it's really, really important that Kentucky finds the Oscar Sheebway replacement. He's going to be gone after this season. All due respect to Lance Ware and Damian Collins, I just don't know if I feel comfortable having a six foot nine guy that could probably slot in at, at your power forward comfortably. I don't know if I'm necessarily confident with that guy starting. So I would love to see Kentucky go out and get preferably a recruit, a freshman instead of a transfer portal kid. And that's that's just for me. This kid might be the transfer, excuse me, the Oscar Sheboy replacement. Aaron Bradshaw, five star center, seven feet tall. Absolutely love the height, but the issue here for me is I'm not so sure about his size. Two hundred and ten pounds. So again, seven feet tall, two hundred and ten pounds. His top seven includes Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Michigan, Oklahoma State. UCLA and the NBA G League. All my homies hate the G League. I'm going to continue to harp on that. I've probably not touched on it a ton on this podcast since I've been doing it back in like last November. I've probably not talked about the G League a ton. I don't like it. Don't like it taking college kids from me. Uh, do not like it whatsoever. Kentucky offered Aaron Bradshaw back on April 10th, and he actually just finished an official vi- uh, official visit four days ago on uh, June 10th. Uh, from what I've seen, it went really well. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw currently also visiting Louisville. Uh, will be interesting to see if there's some type of recruiting rivalry there, if it boils down to those two schools. My analysis of this kid, and this is not something like a grand revelation, just after getting to watch him a little bit, getting to look, look at some of his stats. He's really wiry, wiry, obviously. You can tell from me just telling you, seven feet tall, 210 pounds. But he is 
Really athletic and quick for his size. That was probably the biggest thing I took away. Really, really quick and twitchy for a kid that's at 210 pounds. Showed some solid offensive skill while facing the basket, but the problem here is you watch some of his film, there were flashes, there were moments where it was on display, right? Where he was able to take somebody down, he was able to... Uh, pull up for a jump shot in the paint. He was able to, uh, you know, show off his hook shot. He was able to do a bunch of different things. There was one particular moment at the Nike EYBL uh, session. I think it was like the second session recently. Showed some really nice control for a big man. Uh, I believe it was on the right wing, made a move, and then drove baseline. Really, really nice reverse finish. Again, really, really nice control with the ball in his hands for a big man facing the basket offensively, but he is so raw offensively when you look at his skill set. And, and I think part of it has to do with his size. At 210 pounds, whenever you get to bumping him a little bit, he's not very comfortable with the basketball. If you let him do what he wants to do, if you play him like he is Kevin Durant and you give him space a little bit and you want to make sure that he can't necessarily drive on you and you also want to make sure that he's not shooting it, if you want to play him like that instead of like a traditional big man where you kind of put your body up against him and you make him make a post move, uh, he's he's not particularly comfortable against size, against physicality, and, and we've gotten to see that over his uh, over several different uh, sessions with Nike EYBL. We've also gotten to see it at different camps. I, I want to see this kid do two things. I want to see him polish his back to the basket game, and a lot of that has to do with putting on muscle. I think he's going to have to put on some weight. That's not like a revelation. That's like a duh. He's going to have to put on a little bit of weight. I want to see him work on his back-to-the-basket game, put on some muscle, and then also I want to see him extend and build upon his current skill set. I'm not asking him to, to, to transition to your throwback 1990s NBA big man. The, the game is trending in this direction where you see players like this coming out of high school, and those are the ones that are sought after. They're really lanky. They're really thin. They're tall, and they can do more than just get the, uh, the ball three feet away from the basket, turn around, put it in, or dunk it. I want to see him build on his ball handling skills. I want to see him build on his versatility, kind of work on that shot a little bit. If that's what he's comfortable doing and that's what he's built his game upon up until this point, I want to see him round out as a player physically and then also, again, just working on what he knows and what he does best. Okay, before we move on here, I just want to take a quick note. We're probably going to talk a lot of recruiting here in the upcoming uh, upcoming weeks. Just to look at the 2023 recruiting class. So Reed Shepard is the five-star combo guard for the Wildcats. He's committed, but there are several notable prospects right now that I think Kentucky's taking a look at. One of them is expected actually to commit here before the end of the month. I want to just run down the list of names here, and we'll probably touch on these guys way more in depth uh, here in the upcoming week. So DJ Wagner is a combo guard, uh, five-star kid. He's actually a teammate of Aaron Bradshaw. Both may not commit. I, I believe I was reading something on... I don't remember if it was Cats Illustrated uh, or, or where, but but uh, there was some beat writer saying, well, actually, Wagner and Bradshaw may not want to go to the same place, even though they're high school teammates, because they don't want to sit in the shadow of each other. Fair. Uh, but yeah, TJ Wagner's a combo guard to look out for. Jalen Lewis is a center to look out for. Justin Edwards, a small forward. Rob Dillingham, a point guard. Five-star kid uh, is somebody that I expect to commit here uh, late in June. 
That's not a rev- that's not like a revelation. That's not me just predicting that because I know something is just based on what I've read. Uh, Kentucky's going to get this kid, and then Kwame Evan- Evans Jr., a power forward, somebody else to uh, keep a a uh, a look out on. But yeah, I think Kentucky right now is sitting really well with a lot of different prospects and. They've got to be able to pick up some commitments, man, to build some momentum. Have a good season this year. Get a, get some five stars in, man. Do what you got to do, Calipari. You got to get those, those recruits in. Also, something else I want to note really quickly. Kentucky right now, I, I, I love, again, all due respect, Damian Collins, Lance Ware. All due respect. Would love to see Kentucky get uh, another recruit that, uh, that has a little bit of size to if Bradshaw were to commit to Kentucky again, I'm not saying he's going to, but let's say he did. If he was going to, then I would love to see Kentucky get somebody behind him that has a little bit of a size. So, or has a, has a little bit of size. And actually, I don't. Jalen Lewis, I think, is committed to the G League. I should have looked that up. I should have looked that up before I before I sat down for this. But whoever it may be. Needs to be somebody with a little bit of weight. All right, before we move on to Shaden Sharp and CJ Frederick, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, NHL uh, right now. The playoffs are going on. Uh, working up to the conclusion of those. It's been a lot of fun, actually, to watch. And I'm not a huge hockey guy, but, man, it's been really entertaining. Major League Baseball. The Braves, really, really hot on, hot right now. Go over to betonline.net. Uh, find some odds on the Braves. And, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC and to boxing. You can head over to BetOnline's website, website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, moving along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Daw here with you. So, Shade and Sharp, uh, some out there within the Big Blue Nation, do not want to claim him as a Wildcat. That's fine. But the uh, former Wildcat, which is weird to say, his stock, I don't necessarily know if it's rising, but just just interesting to see some of these mock drafts that have been released recently. So I went and looked just to kind of see, okay, is Shaden Sharp still uh, kind of projected to go as the sixth pick, because most recently we talked about him going to the Pacers at six, and we talked about Ty Ty Washington going to, I believe it was the Raptors, if I'm not mistaken. I looked at Washington stock, and he is floating somewhere between like 19 and 14. Like, it's just all over the place. I don't think people are getting a great read on him. I also think it's really funny that ESPN thinks Washington is the number one overall point guard in the uh, in, in the draft, and he's not going until like pick 14 or 15 at the highest. It's just weird to me. Anyway, so just to look through some of these mock drafts, some of the most recent mock drafts, Shaden Sharp going at six, or excuse me, at seven, according to ESPN. Uh, The Ringer has Sharp going at four. The Athletic has Sharp at five. Sports Illustrated has him at four. Yahoo has him at five. Bleacher Report has him at 10 because they stink, and they think Johnny uh, Johnny Davis is going higher than uh, Shaden Sharp. I got bad news, man. Even though all I've gotten to see is workout film and high school film of Sharp. I think he's better than Johnny Davis. Net Scouts Basketball thinks Sharp's going at six. CBS Sports has him at six as well. CBS, uh, Gary Parish, excuse me. And then Kyle Boone of CBS has him at six. SB Nation has him at six. USA Today has him at four. 
Uh, basketball news has him at four as well. Uh, so, so I think it's really interesting. I think it's really, really interesting that the majority of these uh, these um, these mock drafts have him going at four or five, and then there's several obviously that have him at six. But it's interesting to see uh, throughout some of the uh, major media outlets that Sharp stock has risen to the point where he's right behind the big three in this draft. Jabari Smith from Auburn, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and Apollo Bancaro from Duke. I think it's just fascinating to see a kid that has not stepped on, on, on a collegiate court to play. He's sitting right now behind three of the best prospects uh, in the draft. And, you know, you see Jaden Ivey occasionally pop up to four over him which is completely understandable. Keegan Murray, also somebody that you see commonly over him. So yeah, I, I think that it's interesting that a kid that's not just simply not played is getting this much hype, which in, it would indicate to me that workouts and things are going very well, which is which is all I've seen reports of. I think it's just really interesting that Sharp, without having played, is getting a lot of love in the NBA draft. He's not slipping at all, unless he's... Uh, according to Bleacher Report, he's, he's slipping a little bit. But anyway, something else I wanted to mention here also, C.J. Frederick, uh, combo guard for the Wildcats, did not get to play last season uh, because of injury, going to be playing this season, probably going to be actually, unfortunately, behind Cason Wallace at shooting guard, which still, I mean, that's a, that's a phenomenal duo if if, C, if, if Cason Wallace is what I think he's going to be, which I'm very, very excited about Cason Wallace. But according to CBK Report, which is a which is a basketball fan page on Twitter and also on Instagram, uh, CBK, if you're watching this, I'm in a group chat with you on Instagram, with my own basketball uh, fan page. Of course, you'll never know who, uh, which one it is. But anyway, CJ Frederick listed as the fifth best shooter in college basketball for next season, according to CBK Report. This tweet just got 1,400 likes, daggum. But anyway, I think it's awesome that CJ, CJ, even though he's not gotten an opportunity to play for the Wildcats yet, uh, is is listed as one of the best shooters in the country, as he should be. And we've talked about it, I think, a a generous amount on this podcast, but still maybe not enough. This is a kid that was shooting lights out at Iowa before he transferred over to the Wildcats, Like, like shooting really, really well. And if he does get those 10 to 15 minutes with the Wildcats this season, I I only expect efficient things from this kid. I don't expect there to be a drop-off whenever Wallace goes to the bench. In fact, I think Wallace is going to be more of a defensive threat than anything. And so bringing, uh, bringing Frederick into the game will provide a spark, I think. And you've got to be able to have some three-point shooters on this roster, man. You've got to be able to have kids that shoot. Uh, otherwise, you uh, otherwise you've got a problem. You really, really need C.J. Frederick to come through for this team. I don't really see this team. By the way, now that I'm just thinking through it, I don't really see this team taking a lot of threes next season outside of Frederick. Right? Am I off on that? I mean, Antonio Reeves may, right? But Frederick and Reeves, like I, I don't know. I just don't see this team making uh, and shooting a ton of threes outside of those two guys. But still, you need that three-point specialist. Absolutely love the love that is being thrown in Frederick's way and uh, Shaden Sharp's direction as well. Part of it, I think, is just the fact that it's it's Kentucky kids. I don't want people to get upset over that. Like, I, I think both of these guys are legitimate. All due respect, I think they're legitimate prospects and legitimate players. 
I just think it's entertaining that you know that, that neither of them have gotten an opportunity to play in a, in a Wildcat uniform, and they're projected to do all these special things. Really, really hope that they are able to uh, live up to the expectation, and I believe that they will. I believe that they will. All right. Which schools should be Kentucky's permanent home and away rivals in the SEC? Not in football, in basketball. I want to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys about the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. It's starting June 16th here on the Locked On Podcast Network with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft quite like this. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. The first pick, obviously, is June 16th. You can search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so that you don't miss a pick. It's in three days. It's going to be a lot of fun. would highly encourage you guys to go check that out over on YouTube uh, if you want some NBA draft coverage. I'm sure that you will. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl here with you. I just asked a second ago, which school should be Kentucky's permanent home and away rivals in the SEC? This is not for football. This is for basketball. I saw this over on Rupp Rafters, and I've seen a couple of different people talking about it on Twitter. So I would, I figured I would tackle this answer and also read what the guy on Rupp Rafters actually had to say because I agreed with him. Like before even getting to his projection, I had the answer in mind, and he and I are spot on. I, I wish I'd written down his username. But this is what he had to say. When Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, the scheduling for the bas- for basketball will change, and, it, and it's, already been, it's already been done. I believe they, they announced this at Destin. Men's basketball teams will play 18 conference games, two permanent opponents home and away, one rotating opponent home and away, plus 12 remaining teams in single contests either home or away. And this is what the specific user had to say on Rupp Rafters. He said, I'm guessing Florida and Tennessee will be Kentucky's permanent opponents home and away. However, my preference would be for Kentucky to play at Florida and Texas or Texas A&M every year for recruiting purposes. It would benefit Kentucky to play a game in Florida and Texas every single year. And before I even got to that part of the, of the thread, that's exactly where I was sitting with this. I think Florida and Tennessee would be Kentucky's permanent opponents. They've got a lot of history with those two teams. They've uh, Florida, excuse me, Tennessee's beaten Kentucky more than any other team uh, ever. Florida, a lot of history with the Gators as well. I think those two would be the rotating home and away permanent opponents. But if we're solely focusing on what would be best for the future of the program outside of just like maintaining rivalries, which I, I guess it, I guess could be somewhat of a priority with some schools, but I'm going to be honest with you. Some of Kentucky's biggest rivalries are out of conference. Uh, but but anyway, if we could get Texas on the schedule rotating every single year, that would be phenomenal for recruiting. I think that would be really 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 good for the Wildcats. So personally, if I ha- if it, if it were me picking Florida and Texas, Florida and Texas would would be awesome for me. But I think it's going to be Florida and Tennessee. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is to ask you guys that are out there listening, what schools should be Kentucky's permanent home and away rivals? So you're going to get you, you, you get two. So if you're listening on podcast format at Locked On UK on Twitter, you can at me, you can message me, give me your thoughts. Who do you want to see uh, as Kentucky's permanent home and away rivals in the SEC whenever Texas and Oklahoma join the conference? If you're watching on YouTube, you can literally just leave a comment below, share your thoughts. I would really appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show 
on Twitter, like I just mentioned, at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance.Underscore, underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, again, leave them in the YouTube comments below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.